Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. We're back. Woohoo! Yay! Sorry about the. I don't have the plague anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I have some funny things that toddlers you know how i used i did the um funny things that the toddlers would call things yeah i got more of those okay uh first one best thing about three-year-olds is the way they can use the words that they know my daughter doesn't know the word cough drop so she's requesting medicine beans (laughs) that's cute My then three-year-old referring to my bra once asked me why I wore a chest mask. (laughs) (laughs) My nearly three-year-old soon had a sore throat and a headache, and the only way he could describe it was, my head has bees. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) My son used to call the pantry the pan treat, (laughs) because that's where the treats are. Well, there you go. (laughs) Three-year-old was looking for the word tomorrow and came out with nexterday. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. It is. Why isn't it called nexterday? Maybe we should change it. We should. Uh, my three-year-old niece called the backyard deck the cat hider. <laughs> Blueberry raisins for dried blueberries. We should call them that. Blueberry raisins. (laughs) Uh, We used to call cereal breakfast soup. (laughs) I like cereal better. Yeah. My son used to call a laptop a tummy work. Oh. That's cute. Our said she wanted a sticky toy for her butt like mommy. (laughs) And it took some serious questioning before we realized it was a maxi pad. Then someone commented, mine called it an underwear sticker. She thought it was a prize for going potty. (laughs) It's not a prize you want. No, honey. Uh, My grand tot wanted to sing the song about people eating dirt. Another one bites the dust. Oh, God. calls the lego manual the constructions instead of the instructions and honestly i think he's right yeah i think so too <laughs> my youngest says long sleeve shorts instead of pants <laughs> my nephew didn't know the word for icing while we were decorating cookies and asked me to pass him the christmas glue <laughs> My son didn't know the word for ankles one time and referred to them as leg wrists. <laughs> oh, well. That's what they are. My daughter called my husband's basketball jersey his basketball dress. <laughs> I bet he loved that. <laughs> Honey, go put your dress on. <laughs> you look so pretty bouncing your ball. <laughs> uh, mine called ice cubes cold rocks. And rivers were snake puddles. That's kind of cute. (laughs) 
One of my favorite memories is when my then toddler called an ambulance a boo-boo bus. Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) So cute. That is so cute. (laughs) Uh, My five-year-old couldn't find his piano book and asked for the music menu. (laughs) My favorite example is when my daughter referred to question marks as mysteries. Mm Mm-hmm. My kid had a Pop-Tart at daycare, and it blew his mind. He didn't know what it was called, so he came home and asked for a donut cracker. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. It is. <laughs> Today, my boy referred to a carousel as a horse tornado. <laughs> I like that. My son wanted a knife and asked for a kitchen sword. Oh, That's cute. That is cute. I referred to, uh, I used to refer to my grandfather as spoon-headed because I couldn't remember the word bald. <laughs> spoon-headed. <laughs> my grandson asked for a chi, which to him was one piece of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and my last one, my nanny kid was trying to remember something and said, hold on, I have to look for it in my brain. <laughs> those were my cute kiddos for the beginning those were cute all right so this week i did bizarre true stories that became documentaries i'm excited because this might give me a suggestion for our next it might happy hour i took i tried to take out some of the ones that were like we already knew oh yeah so okay first one is crazy love uh 2007 when bert Pugat, Pugak, I don't know. First laid eyes on Linda Riss in 1959. It was love at first sight. The lovebirds were mad for one another until Riss discovered Pugat. Do you know what you think that is? Pugatch? Pugak? Mm, I mean, yeah, that's what I would think. One mm-hmm. of those. Um, until Riss discovered Pugatch, Pugak, <laughs> was already married with children and called it off. Not long after, Pugak paid three assailants to toss lie in Riss's face, <gasps> permanently mutilating and almost completely blinding her. What the As f- you may have guessed, Pugak did 14 years in prison for the crime. As you may not have guessed, they enjoyed almost 40 years of marriage after Pugak's release. What? Crazy Love is available to rent for $2.99 on Amazon. Oh, my God. Isn't that... Fuck him. I have so many questions. What? Well, maybe you'll just have to watch the documentary. Holy shit. Maybe I'll watch it and explain that to everybody. Holy shit. What? That's insane. Like, no. (laughs) No. No. I wonder what she looks like, too. Because lie is no joke. Yeah, I know. That's like, eats your flesh. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what people use for, like, dead bodies when they're trying to get rid yeah, of Yeah, I think so. Oh, my <clears> God. <throat> Holy shit. That's crazy. All right. Grizzly Man. This one was released in 2005. Grizzly enthusiast Timothy Treadwell spent 13 summers living among the grizzly bear population in Alaska's Katmai National Park until he and girlfriend Amy Huguenard 
met their grisly end at the jaws of one in 2003. The documentary is intercut with some of Treadwell's own foreboding footage of him approaching and even petting some of the bears. Yeah. Dumbass. Yeah. The fatal attack occurred in 2003 when an adult male grizzly entered their campsite. The darkest part? Treadwell's camera captured an audio recording of his own death. Grizzly Man is available to rent for $3.99 on Amazon. I've heard that um, audio before. Oh, you have heard it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh. It's just a bear growling. Oh. Cat Dancers. 2007. Personally, I do not understand the Tiger King hype, likely because I grew up in a town with a tiger lady whose tigers would randomly get loose oh and wander around suburban New Jersey. Holy shit. Could you imagine <laughs> no! coming across a tiger? No fucking way. I had a dream last night <laughs> <laughs> that I was driving. And I looked in my back seat, and there was a tiger. Excuse me? And then there was, I think Odin was there. And I and I reach back, and I'm petting the tiger. What? And then I wake up. I don't know. Oh, we got to look that up. That was weird. That was weird. I do have a dream book we could look up. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Okay, anyway. Cat Dancers is the quintessential tiger documentary and did everything that Tiger King did, but first and better. Oh. Former ballet dancers Ron and Joy Holiday became world famous for their exotic cat show featuring leopards and tigers and jaguars of all sorts. They eventually brought circus performer Chick Lizza into the act and their marriage, turning their marriage into a menage a trois. One day, Chuck lost his footing while caring for Jupiter, the trio's white Bengal tiger, mistakenly frightening the cat who attacked and killed him in response. Joy was especially despondent over Chuck's death and also killed by Jupiter just a few weeks later oh. in an unprovoked attack. Oh my god. Cat, uh, cat Dancers isn't available to stream, but you can watch the trailer and keep an eye out for it on Amazon. Why would you... Keep a tiger that killed your husband. Like, don't they say once they get a taste of, yeah, they want more. Yeah. People are just stupid. So I looked up the tiger meaning in dreams. Okay. A dream about a tiger could be because tigers symbolize power, authority, persistence, and patience. However, such visions could also signify fear, loss of control, and repression. It all depends on how you interpret your dream and the feelings you experience in the dream world. Well, I was loving it. Oh, then it's totally power, authority, persistence, and patience. You, mm. like, you got this. Very interesting. Yes. Oh, uh, this one says uh, feline energy. So maybe that has... It was really energy. funny because <laughs> in the dream, I start petting the tiger and its fur got like, it wasn't like soft, like cat fur. It was almost kind of bumpy. Like I might imagine like uh, a sheep huh. or something would feel. I wonder if you were petting your blanket. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. Okay. Vernon, Florida, 1981. Filmmaker Errol Morris was inspired to document the town of Vernon, Florida, after reading an article 
about the town's high rate of insurance payouts to people who seem to have lost limbs in accidents. <laughs> Initially titled Nub City. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Brandy, stop it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, I didn't do anything. <laughs> Initially titled Nub City. The residents of Vernon didn't like Morris's angle too much. One of them eventually tried to run down the filmmaker cinematographer with a truck. Oh my god. Morris eventually pivoted to detail the town's eccentricities as a whole. Vernon, Florida is available rent for five ninety nine on Amazon. Okay, that's one I need more information on. Nub <laughs> <laughs> <Love> City. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Like, are people cutting off their limbs, or what's happening? I don't know. To get insurance money? Yeah. Weird. My kid could paint that, 2007, with a local coffee shop in... Oh, no. When a local coffee shop in Birmingham, New York, began hanging colorful abstract paintings on its walls, patrons just had to know who painted them, and could they purchase them for $253? The answers were three-year-old Maria Olmsted, and yes, the tot became a media sensation and darling of the New York City art scene, her paintings selling at auctions for over $6,000 each. The veracity of the Olmsted's claims that Maria produced the paintings by her own accord and without the guidance of her parents quickly became a major source of controversy. Child prodigy or contrived gimmick? You decide. I remember that happening. I've heard about that one. That is also available on Amazon. Perfect Bid, The Contestant Who Knew Too Much, 2017. I actually watched this one. Did you? I saw the trailer for this one. The Price is Right obsessed math teacher Ted Slauson had cracked the code most The Price is Right contestants hoped their bid landed. Did that make sense? Mm. The Price is Right obsessed math teacher Ted Slauson had cracked the code. Period. Most The Price is Right contestants hoped their their bid landed within $100 or so of the price tag attached to the show's merchandise. Slauson's could pin it down to the dollar, (laughs) and he could do it on a dime. But that's not even the most bewildering part. Slauson made it to The Price is Right set 37 times and became notorious for shouting correct bids to other contestants on the show <laughs> to help them win money. Oh my god. In fact, in 2008, contestant Terry Neese would go on to be the first contestant to make the first ever perfect showcase showdown bid. Oh my gosh. Sparking a massive controversy and prompting the show to change its entire system. Oh. And who was in the audience the day of this reckoning-induced bid? Tim's Ted Slauson, Perfect Bid, the contestant who knew too much is available to rent on Amazon. That's crazy. Didn't he do like a bunch of research and had like logs? Oh, yeah. And- yeah. He, he, it's like he watched the show and figured out like how much things cost. Mm-hmm. And then he could somehow figure it out. That's crazy. That. You get it to the dollar? Yeah. Unbelievable. Wow. Dreams of a Life, 2011. Joyce Carol Vincent was beautiful, graceful, and magnetic. So much so, she was known to keep the company of people like Stevie Wonder, Gil Scott Heron, 
Betty Wright and Judy Cheeks. So how was it that she lay dead in her apartment for over three years before anyone realized? What? The television was still tuned to BBC when her body was finally discovered, as if the circumstances of her premature death weren't eerie enough. Dreams of a life sets out to make sense of the senseless. How could a person as gregarious and beloved as Joyce plunge so drastically into solitude that even in the heart of London, nobody would realize she was dead? Oh my gosh. Looks like all of these you can get on Amazon. Okay. Catfish, 2010. Seen this one. Catfish seems like a rare instance in which its offshoots are more well-known than its origin. You're probably at least somewhat familiar with Catfish, the TV show, now an MTV staple. Or you've at least heard the term Catfish, which has gotten a secondary entry into Merriam-Webster's since the rise of social media has allowed the catfishing narrative to ingrain itself in the culture canon of the past decade. But are you familiar with the original catfish case? Because, whew, did this boy get catfished hard. <laughs> he did, oh my god. Nev Schulman meets a young woman on Facebook named Megan. It's Neve. Oh, Neve? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh... Meets a young woman on Facebook named Megan, who he begins dating virtually, exchanging over 1,500 messages and even meeting her mother, Angela, and several other family members online. Neve decides to surprise her with a visit, but grows suspicious after spending time at the family home while waiting for Megan's returns. He eventually discovers his girlfriend doesn't exist. It was Angela behind the keyboard the entire time. Angela's motives and methodology for the catfishing are even more tantalizing than the big reveal. Yeah, it's a good one. Hmm. I've watched some of the catfish. He's the he's the main guy on the actual TV show. Yeah, right? he's like the host. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. he he was so just shocked that this was like he he's like fuck this. I guarantee this is happening to other people. Yeah. So they started that TV show to like bring light to these assholes yeah. that are doing this and it's so stupid it, it's so pathetic stupid. it's pathetic and like a lot of these people are doing it because they're so insecure about themselves but they let it go way too far yeah. and like that's fucking with other people's lives it's yeah bullshit. definitely uh the barkley marathons the race that eats its young 2015 since its inception over 25 years ago, only 10 people have completed the Barkley Marathons. The race's creator, Gary Lazarus Lake Cantrell, got the idea from an unusual source. When Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassin escaped Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary, Penitentiary, did I say that right? Yeah, I think so. He was only able to cover eight miles of Tennessee wilderness in the 55 hours he was on the loose. Whoa. Cantrell reckoned he could do 60, so the Barkley Marathons were born. It's the most challenging course in the sport of ultra running, and com- competitors from all over the world travel to Frozen Head State Park every spring to try their luck at even participating, let alone finishing. Even more mysterious than the race is the entry process. Track down a secret email address and submit an essay on why you should be allowed to run the Barkley, and maybe... Maybe you'll be one of the lucky 40 to receive a response. I've heard about those before. I haven't. It's crazy. 
Three Identical Strangers, 2018. I've heard of this. It's crazy. Bobby Shafron, 19, arrived on campus for his first day of college, confused by unfamiliar classmates repeatedly greeting him as Eddie. Bobby would quickly discover he had a lookalike on campus. In fact, fellow freshman Eddie Galland was a dead ringer. Some might even say his twin. Or as they would soon discover, triplet. (laughs) David Kelman contacted Bobby and Eddie when their photo was published in the local paper as he too bore an uncanny resemblance. The trio learned they were triplets separated at birth, each adopted by families of varying economic levels as a part of a larger psychological study. That they found one another was completely coincidental, but even more astonishing are the documentary's unexpected revelations surrounding nature versus nurture. Hmm, maybe I should watch that. That sounds interesting. It is, it's insane. I don't think I've ever watched it, but I've definitely heard of those guys before. I've heard of them before. I've never, I haven't watched the documentary though. And this is my last one. Finders Keepers, 2015. Shannon Wisnant purchased a pre-owned barbecue grill and found more than just a few charcoals left inside. Try a mummified human leg. What? Nobody knew where the mystery meat came from. (laughs) And Wisnant, an aspiring TV personality, considered it his big break. Oh, God. Wisnant branded himself the footman. (laughs) <laughs> and planned to turn the mummified leg into a roadside attraction. Oh, God. His big plans were derailed when John Wood came forth. The leg was his, and he wanted it back. <laughs> it was amputated after Woods was in a plane crash years earlier, and the grill was auctioned off after his storage shed was repossessed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Finders Keepers chronicles the legal battle that ensues to de- determine the rightful owner of the leg. And is available to rent on Amazon. Shut up. (laughs) That is insane. Okay, that one and the first one, that crazy love. Uh Uh-huh. Those are, I think, the two I'm most intrigued about. All right. Holy. A leg? (laughs) They're fighting over it. (laughs) Half of a leg. Oh my god. Why? I would say um the guy's if the guy's leg, it's his leg. He should get it back. But it's not attached. And he it's... abandoned the leg. <laughs> <laughs> if it was that important, he should have kept it. Not put it in a grill. That's so weird. Yeah, why was it in a grill? I Got me. That is insane. Could you imagine opening up something and finding a leg? A mummified? No. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would die. That is crazy. Holy shit. All right. I have some creepy or scary things that have happened in broad daylight. Okay. Uh, First one, I would call it. Creepy more than scary, but my mom's friend had a small house and lived alone. She noticed weird things. A batch of soup depleting faster than usual, missing eggs, damp towels and in the hamper, and when when she hadn't used any extra dishes, or when she hadn't used any, extra dishes in the dishwasher, etc. This went on for months. She thought it would it, that she was just being forgetful. One day, she heard some thumping around in her attic and went to investigate. 
she found a makeshift living quarters, small radio, hot plate, sleeping bag, pillow, food wrappers, etc. She called the cops who came to keep an eye on the place. They ended up catching a homeless man climbing a tree and trying to sneak into her attic window. He had been doing this almost daily. He would wait for her to go to work, then go downstairs and help himself to food and amenities. The funny part about the story is that they got to know each other throughout the ordeal, and the guy was actually very respectful, just down on his luck. She didn't press any charges. Instead, she let him move in, helped him get a job, and he lived in the attic until he got back on his feet. Oh, that was nice. Creepy shit with a happy ending. <laughs> that is super creepy, and it I is. knew exactly where that was going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that seems to happen a lot. Yeah, and that's scary. That's what I was thinking you were reading it. It's like a small house, woman lives alone. Yeah. I'm like, um, that's me. Oh, God. But there ain't no way you can't get to my attic unless you walk in the house. Oh. So. Mm. Actually, I don't even have, it's a, I mean, there's an attic, but it's not like a room. It's. Like a crawl space kind of? Bait kind of, yeah. Next one. Two off-duty U.S. soldiers were on a train in France. When walking past a toilet, they recognized the loud noises of rifles coming from inside. They waited outside and jumped the guy when he came out. He was a terrorist who was about to go through the train killing people. Then there's the environment in itself. Oh, the state of some place. That was that for that one. That's scary. Yeah. Next one. When my aunt was 16, she was working at a grocery store and had a boss in his mid-20s. One day, he called the house and was begging for her to sneak out and hang out with him. She was considering it because it was her boss and she didn't want to say no. My mom, who is two years younger than her, always gets in these incredible incredible spot on gut feelings. Oh, my mom, who is two years younger than her, always gets these incredibly spot on gut feelings. She had one that night and begged my aunt not to go out with him. Thankfully, she listened to my mom and told her or told him, which made him really angry. He ended up going out that night, meeting another girl. He took her out to some cliffs and raped her and pushed her off. Somehow, she lived through this and was able to get him sent to prison. I feel so sorry for that girl, but so thankful for my mom and her gut feelings. Ugh. That is crazy. I can't believe she survived being pushed off a cliff. Holy shit. Poor thing. Next one, I spent my first 10 years in New Delhi. Back then, we would find dead women, burnt with acid or set on fire. It was... it, And it used to be so normal. Uh, like, oh, look, another one of those cases where her family didn't pay the husband enough money, so they killed her. Many years later, I revisited those memories and realized how insane that actually was. I'd totally forgotten all about that. What? New Delhi was fucked up, I guess. Holy shit. And you just realized that it was fucked up how many years later? Could you imagine, though, like, because when you're a kid, you kind of just have to go with, like, you go with shit. Like, you don't actually think about stuff, or, you know, like, it's. They thought it was normal that there were dead women everywhere. That's weird. Yeah. Next one was working the evening shift at a gas station. Man comes in all disoriented. I go to help him out. He has a gash on his head and doesn't know where he was. I couldn't see any crashes around, so I assumed he had fallen or something. Normally, we were supposed to stay inside the glass-shielded register area when 
whenever anyone is in the store. I, being a nice human being, went to help while calling the police. Uh, they got there and checked him out. They thought his head may have been fractured. Took him to the ER, It went back, and I went back to work. Cops stopped back by for some coffee a few hours later. They told me the guy got hit by a baseball bat trying to break into a little girl's bedroom and was wanted for rape and murder in two other states. Ooh. I never left the register area at night again. Uh, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Someone clocked him good. Hell yeah. The story of Mary... Oh, Mary Vincent always stands out to me. You've heard of this one? I oh, know. You have. In 1978, 15-year-old Mary was hitchhiking. A, na- a man na- uh, thing named Lawrence Singleton picked her up. He brutally raped her and eventually made her get out of the car. She planned to run, but he noticed and cut off both her arms. Oh, he yeah. threw her into a ditch and left her to die. She packed her stumps with mud to stop the ble- bleeding and spent the night crawling out. She eventually made it to the highway and started walking naked and covered in blood. The first car she, that saw her sped away in fear. The second car was a couple on their honeymoon. They picked her up and she survived. Yeah, that was the one that was on that I survived, didn't it? Yeah. Crazy, crazy story. She's so brave. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one. My preschool teacher, who also ended up somehow changing jobs and becoming my 11th grade English teacher, had a super interesting life. Her mother had some super famous book. Her father worked high up in the government, but enough about her family. First, let me describe describe her to you. She had dark hair and blue eyes. You'll see why this matters in a minute. She told this story every single year to new students in her class. When she was younger, she was driving through Arizona on a two-way road while her boyfriend at the time was following behind her on his motorcycle. For those who don't live in Arizona, certain stretches of it can be quite isolated and deserted. She said that they were on a long drive. It had been about six years since I was in her class, so details are fuzzy. But basically, her and her boyfriend both knew the destination where they were headed by memory and eventually got separated by a few miles. A man who was behind her in a Volkswagen Beetle pulled, or kept pulling up beside her on into the other lane when no one was coming and motioned for her to pull over. She somewhat ignored him for the first few times, but he kept doing it and began getting more frantic each time. She said that she believed that he had spotted something wrong with her car, so she saw a parking lot off the road for a deserted gas station and pulled over. Once pulled over, she said she instantly got an eerie feeling. The man was suspicious and kept telling her that he saw something wrong with her headlight and insisted that she get out of the car so he could show her what he meant. Her boyfriend, who was a few miles behind her, eventually caught up and spotted her at the sketchy gas station. Right as she was about to get out of the car, her boyfriend began to pull in. As he did that, this man got into his car and sped off like his life depended on it. They later were able to identify that man as Ted Bundy. I knew it. She said it's she the Volkswagen bug. Yeah, hell yeah. She said she cannot imagine what would have happened to her if her boyfriend had not been had, had been even another three miles behind her on the road. Speaking of right. that, have you ever been driving and someone behind you flicks their lights? 
No. That's happened to me a couple times now. Really? So, yeah, and I'm like driving and I'm like, I wonder if there's something wrong with my car. I never stop, though. Yeah, no, don't stop. But it's just, it's happened, like I said, it's happened a couple times. That is weird. You might want to just step behind your, just to see if they see something. I've seen the back of my car. There's nothing, Mm. unless there's something wrong with one of the lights, but I I haven't checked that. But why would someone waste their time? Well, not only that, but it's happened when it's light out. Because I don't, mm. I don't drive at night. That's usually. weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. So I don't know what's up with that. But it's happened a couple times. Mm. And I think, well, maybe they just accidentally hit their lights or something. And um, maybe. But oh, twice. I yeah, don't, that's I don't weird. Know. And I don't. Th- I don't know. If, I don't remember if it was like the same kind of car or whatever behind me. I think once was a truck. Mm. I don't remember the first time. Yeah, that's strange. That would that would make me nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next one, an acquaintance of mine sent his son to a triathlon camp in Texas. A week later, his son came back from camp. The next day, his son was complaining of a headache. Four days later, he was dead. Healthy, happy, fit 12-year-old in one week, dead the next. Turns out the lake had a brain-eating amoeba. Nothing scares me as irrationally as being dead and waiting for your body to catch on. That is horrifying. See, that's why I won't ever go in any kind of natural body of water. No, I wouldn't either. You just never know. You just never know. And I used to when I was younger. Oh, yeah, you're all stupid. Yeah, Now you wouldn't catch me. Mm -mm. Uh, Next one, from when I was delivering pizza... I walked up to a trailer park house and knocked. Dude answers the door wearing a swastika armband, and he's bald. I tell him the total, and he invites me inside while he gets the money. There's ten more dudes, all bald, wearing armbands, Mm -hmm. sitting in a circle of metal chairs. Guy gives me the money. I go to leave. He grabs my arm and gets in my face and asks, "Uh, Do you like N-words? I don't want to be murdered, so I respond, nope, not at all, hate those fuckers, and left <laughs> as quickly as possible. The scary part is the uh, every other dri- delivery driver but me that night was black, and they may have never been seen again if I didn't take that delivery. Ooh, oh my god. That's scary. That is fucking terrifying. Ugh. Why are people... Ugh. I don't know. I don't get it. I hate everyone. Yep, me too. Next one, my friend's boss bought an Audi A4 convertible back when they were new and interesting. (laughs) (laughs) One of the talking points was the pop-up roll hoops that were hidden unless you rolled it. Oh, if you rolled the car, I guess these hoops would pop out. Okay. A few months after buying it, he got to test those roll hoops out as he lost control and skidded down a steep bank about 35 feet deep. The hoops, the roll hoops did their job and he survived with just cuts and scratches from the bushes he'd plowed through. The car ended up the right way up and he got out, walked back up the bank to the side of the road, then got on the phone to the police to report the accident. While he was standing there, a driver from a car that had seen the accident came over to speak to him. 
Approaching from behind, the other driver asked if he was okay. My friend's boss turned around to reply and dropped dead. His neck had been fractured, but it was in one piece right up until he turned his head, and then it severed his spinal cord. Oh, my gosh. Holy... You know what? If it's your fucking time, you have zero control over that. You... I mean, like two seconds before was not his time, but then was. That is fucking crazy. That is. There was a woman who worked in the science lab who spilled two drops of organic mercury on the back of her gloved hand. Those two drops destroyed her entire nervous system and brain. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. Next one, my mom was driving and a guy ran out into the road, so she stopped so she couldn't hit him. It was nighttime, so it was pretty dark out, and three other men emerged from the forest around, all trying to use the door handles to get into her car. She locked them, luckily, and gassed it to the nearest town. Remember to always lock your doors after you start it, because if it wasn't locked, who knows what would have happened to her. I think mine automatically lock when I, I put it they, in gear. I think I think they all do now. Yeah. But, yeah, before, when there wasn't power locks, you had to literally mm-hmm. lock all the doors yep. manually. Yep. And this is my last one. Artemis Pyle, the drummer from Leonard Skinner, survived a plane crash and walked to a nearby house only to be shot by the homeowner. Oh, my gosh. The homeowner saw the bloody, long-haired man and winged him. Pyle survived that as well and made a full recovery. Oh, God. See, not his time. Talk about a bad day. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty I just did some funny stories. Okay. So I was at work replacing a modem for my boss. I'd removed the modem and connected a telephone to test that it had a dial tone. Soon after, the phone rang. It didn't make much sense because that phone line had only been used for outgoing calls from the computer. When I picked up, the person on the other line just said, Hey man, you want to see a movie later? (laughs) I recognized the voice too. It was a friend of mine. I was really confused for a second and said something like, Josh, how did you get this number? He said he called my home phone number. He must have misdialed my number and accidentally dialed the number for my boss's modem line at work. He called the wrong number, got the wrong house, and the right person picked up on a phone that had only been connected for two minutes in the past two years. The odds must be astronomical. It's just a weird coincidence that I'll always remember. Fuck yeah, that's insane. That is crazy. You know, I've noticed a bunch of coincidences, like the in the past couple weeks, that, you know, they're like, oh, if there's coincidences, you need to pay attention to what those are, and there's like a message from the universe. And I'm like, no. But I turned on that um, The Last of Us show, mm-hmm. and you know the girl on there, the woman? Wait, I which one? Uh, blonde hair she's the one um that was like his partner okay um she used to be on fringe yes and i knew like i was like where have i seen her before i was like i know i know her could not figure it out then the next morning i was listening to time suck which is a podcast he happened to mention the show fringe and i was like that's it oh yeah you that know, happens like, yeah that happens like a that. lot yeah that's crazy that like that's been happening to me a lot like these just weird things that happen and like they don't I don't think they mean anything. It's just weird. Yeah, just coincidences yeah. or yeah. That is nuts. Like what are the odds That's of that? That's crazy. 
So I worked for the IRS collecting taxes several years ago. I had seized someone's car and the IRS salespeople were in the process of selling it. IRS procedures around some of this stuff are ancient. One of the procedures are to post a notice of sale in three public lo locations. So I go to the library to post a notice of sale. The person on the ground floor says that I'll have to talk to Steve on the second floor to see if it's okay for me to post the notice of sale on the bulletin board. I walk up the stairs and I see a guy sitting at the desk. Me. Are you Steve? Steve. Who's asking? The IRS in a playful manner. <laughs> me. Long pause. Yes. In fact, my name is blah, blah, blah. Steve. Just about falls out of his chair. Jesus Christ. I've been using that joke for 20 years. I never thought anyone would ever say yes. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Started college, saw my brother's best friend on campus from a distance, hard to miss, Nate's six foot six inches, Whoa. skinny, long brown hair, fitting of our childish friendship, I straight up open field tackled the guy from behind, <laughs> blindsided. It's not Nate. I apologize and sheepishly run away. Three hours later, a girlfriend from high school introduces her new boyfriend to a group of us. It's the guy I tackled, Danny. <laughs> Super nice and forgiving guy. We've been friends for 15 years. That's hilarious. <laughs> Me being black does not mean I'm good at basketball. I said before lazily throwing the ball backwards over my head for a three-pointer. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> I once pulled up at a red light where a cat was sat beside the road. When the green man came on, the cat got up and crossed the road. Aww, that's cute. <laughs> I once showed up to a mate's house with a bacon and egg roll from Macca's. He jokingly asked, did you get me one? I did, and without saying a word, I pulled it out of the bag and threw it to him. The wrapping dropped off in midair. He caught the burger one-handed. Oh. We both looked at each other in amazement and bit straight in. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I once checked in at a restaurant and gave the hostess my name to hold my slot. She then asked for my last name since the person below shared my first name. When I told her my last name, she looked at me like I was lying. The, the person below had my first and last name. Oh, my God. She laughed and introduced us, and we took a pic. <laughs> I've never met someone with my same first and last name since. That's weird. I was driving a friend home to Indianapolis from Holy Cross in South Bend. We got pulled over for speeding, and the cop asked me, Son, do you know how fast you were going? To which I replied with a straight face and no sarcasm. Well, my cruise control was set at 88, so I'm guessing somewhere in the vicinity of 88. <laughs> I've never seen such a confused look on a person's face. He proceeds to ask if I can step out of my vehicle and into his so he can talk to me while he writes me a ticket. <laughs> I comply, and as he's writing me up, he's explaining to me he had to do this sheriff training in Indianapolis. He said that the one thing that amazed him was how fast locals drive, especially on I-465, and he understands why I'm conditioned to do so. Soon as he's done with the ticket, he turns to me and says, So here's the deal. You're the first motorist to ever admit to me you knew you were speeding, so I'm going to cut you a break. 
If you can make it back to Indy without getting another ticket, I won't turn this one in. But if you do, you're getting two. I slowed down for the rest of the drive. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I didn't realize that we drove fast. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but I know I'm always driving faster than everybody around me because they're all going 10 miles under the speed limit. So, I am on 69, though, not 465. Yeah. I was in elementary school during recess, just kind of daydreaming and looking at some ravens flying overhead, when one of them suddenly took a nosedive right into an open trash can. Oh. So, of course, I rush over there to check it out, but the raven was just gone out of nowhere. I was not the only person who saw it, though. Another kid came rushing over as well, and that's how I met my best friend for the next four years. Okay, that's precious. And that bird saw a portal. Yes. And dove into it. Yes. That's crazy. Saw a chicken walking along a road, cross to the other side, and keep walking same direction. (laughs) Just like the joke. (laughs) That's hilarious, (laughs) And this is my last one. Was walking and chatting with two friends, all of us in a line, when suddenly the furthest away from me disappears from peripheral vision. Look down and she's fallen face first to the ground, saying she stepped on something slippery. The only thing under her is a banana peel. The girl literally slipped on a banana peel. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my. And that's all I got. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and we still need your stories. Send them in, ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions or want to know about any of the documentaries Jody mentioned, let us know. Uh, you can look us up on Facebook, request to join the group, rate, review, and subscribe, and we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.